0: Just as you thought we weren't coming back, here we are again. We took a week off, but we're back at you. This is the Popular Speed Podcast. Hey, everybody. Mike Kalanoff, along with Tom Jensen and Jason Schultz. Welcome to – this is episode five, I believe. Five, yeah. Of the Popular Speed uh, Podcast. Is that correct? Five? Five, yeah. Five already. Really, honestly, it seems like only four. Yeah. (laughs) These things just pile on top of each other. How are you doing, Tom Jensen?
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, glad you are. Now we're having fun. <laughs> I always have fun. I'm a fun guy.
0: You are a fun guy. How is your uh, How is your new gig going?
1: My new gig is going very well. I'm learning all sorts of things and finding out all sorts of interesting artifacts and, and things. I found a letter today from Holman and Moody to Bill France Sr. and they sold him a 19. 19- for Torino Talladega for the first race ever at Talladega which back then was national speedway they sold it to Bill for a dollar really? really with the proviso that he could race it but he had to give it back at the end and he couldn't use it on the street
0: you know I had no I really had no idea Dave Moody would do such a thing really
1: <laughs> and you you know the, one of the weird things about 1969 first race at Talladega was yeah. won by Dodge Daytona And the Daytona 500 was won by a Ford Torino Talladega. That's pretty interesting. Is this
0: something you just learned by being on the job? Uh, I'm picking up all sorts of stuff. That's great. Um, Have you uh, looked at our situation at all? How do you mean? Trying to kind of weasel me into the Hall
1: of Fame? (laughs) Uh, That's not happening, is it? You know, I'm working on getting the spotter wing built. There you go. And, uh, there you, go.
0: you know, it, I'll, it's I'll be, fund that wing if I have to, I'll fund it.
1: It's, it's going to be a tower overlooking, hanging over the street and you guys can okay. stand well, down. I'm all about that little area. It, it'll be nice. Yeah.
2: Have you had your all five bad. years since you've been out of NASCAR time? I'm like yet to get in. Well,
0: since I spotted, I guess I, I my last race in uh, in cup in uh, 13. So, uh, almost We're there approaching it. yeah yeah all right so it hit me up for 19 tom if you could. <laughs> right that sounds good good deal let's uh let's rewind here a little bit we took a week off for the uh for the thanksgiving holidays so let's take a little rewind back um at the homestead and the championship and uh good good ending i guess across the board huh
1: well i think when you look at it it was a great ending and here's why it was a great ending it was the two guys who'd been dominant all year, just settling it between the two of them. Martin Truex Jr., of course, who won, and Kyle Busch, who finished second. They were the two guys who won the most races. They were one and two in points. So it's really good that it was those guys. More than that, though, I think it's really good that we didn't have one of those fluky situations where Derek Cope brushes the wall with five right. laps to go, or Reed Sorensen has an oil fart on the track, and they throw caution with two to go and do a restart they raced till the end it was it was the ending played out organically and i think that's what fans wanted to see the two best guys going for the win may the best man win and they had i, I think the final run was 32 33 laps of green flag racing yeah. plenty of racing and plenty of plenty of time for them to settle it so yeah i thought it was an exciting and thrilling finish and who can't be happy for, for Martin Truex Jr.? You know he's, right, sure. he's a great guy. His girlfriend's Sherry Pollux, is going through the cancer battle. They lost a fabricator, Jim Watson, during the cancer yeah. weekend. Barney Visser, the team owner, had a heart attack. This is one of those stories, one of those feel-good stories that you feel good for the team.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he really did deserve to, to, to win the championship. The whole team really did. It still amazes me. Uh, I know Jason, we've talked about this, how they really execute that um, the whole deal with their team in Colorado. I mean, that's really ten years ago that would be completely unheard of. But you know, the way everything is structured now, you know with the with toyota involved and and the support from Gibbs, I mean, they can do that. And they you know they they import people there. and uh, they I guess they time everything the the way they do with uh, with parts and, uh, and cars. and I mean, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible, honestly.
2: I don't know how yeah. feasible it is to do it um, in other cities, but Denver really got behind that 78 team too. So if they could do it in another city, have a team pop up and really um, get the city behind them and do that again somewhere else, they proved it's possible. So I think that'd be awesome to see.
1: You know, and I, I think one of the big unreported stories of this championship is what did Furniture Row have? They have a deal with Toyota. They have a partnership with Joe Gibbs. They have a driver in Martin Truex Jr. There was another team that had all those things a couple years ago. That's Plus, right. they have championship crew chief in Rodney Childers. Michael Waltrip right. Racing had everything Furniture Row had and more because they had three cars and they were fully sponsored. And they had and they the- cheated. Yeah, yeah, they had the Toyota deal. They had the 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 partnership with, with Joe Gibbs, and they blew it. Just Without no other, other way to to put it, and they're out of business now. And it just goes to show you, if you don't keep your act together and you don't take care of business, this this board can jump up and bite you real quick. So it, it's um, it's an interesting contrast, let's put it that way.
0: It's interesting you bring that up, too, because I was, I was uh, just reading a story about Rob Kaufman uh, the other day, and remember, obviously, that he was he was involved with the Michael Waltrip Racing, and I, I believe the whole charter thing was a kind of a right. little bit of a, a, a ploy to get his get his money back. But but at the end of the day, you know, they really did have everything going for him, and that you know, great people had great sponsors. You know, Napa uh, had uh, supported Michael for such a long time, and it just you know, one little one little uh, oops in uh, in Richmond with that spin by Clint Boyer, and it just all went away, you know. But I got to tell you too. They they didn't come in with the with the best of intentions. They I mean they had a huge penalty their first race in Daytona with jet fuel. Right. Remember that you know so oh, yeah. they, they 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 started the game up cheating and they ended the game cheating. So that's what happens. You know.
1: It's unfortunate. Well, we're moving into some pretty heavy duty transitions right now. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s run is presumably his last Cup race. Matt Kenseth won't be back next year to start out unless something changes radically. Danica Patrick's gone. We don't know about Kurt Busch. His future is up in the air. You know, Mike, You know, when you consider that we've also had Tony Stewart leave and we've had Jeff Gordon leave and we've had Carl Edwards walk away, have you ever seen this much churn in star power in, in NASCAR in a two- or three-year period?
0: No, not at all. It really, it does two things. It really, it's, uh, it creates this, this huge contrast with what's going on in the sport and the way the youth is just kind of plowing in. That's number one. Number two, it makes me feel really old because these guys that are retiring, you know, with Dale Jr. And, and, you know, Tony and, and Matt, you know, really when I was kind of in the, the prime of my, uh, you know, getting going in my NASCAR career, those guys were just, you know, they were coming into it too. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Usually you don't have so many big names you know, exiting the sport and in such a short, you know, time period.
1: You know, what I find interesting is that a lot of people are are moaning and groaning about, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. can't be replaced and is, you know, he's going to be a huge loss. And I mean, no disrespect saying this to Dale because Dale is far and away hands above anybody else. The number one star in NASCAR, but I think it's going to be a very good thing that he's going to continue to be very active in NASCAR. He will be on the NBC telecast the second half of the year. He will have his junior motorsports Xfinity team. He will be doing his podcast, which, you know, I mean, might not be as good as ours, but, you know. Right, he, of course. Give the kid credit. He tries hard. And, uh, he does uh, try. Right? Just kidding. His podcast is, is very, very good. But he's going to be around a lot. So I think it's not like he's going to just vanish like Carl Edwards did, never to be seen again. And I think I'm hopeful that continuity that that Dale Jr. will carry forward will keep people engaged in the sport. And I really think it will.
2: Jason? Yeah, he's just been – I enjoy the um – when he was out with a concussion 2016, he did some NBC stuff. I thought he just seemed like the most natural guy behind a mic in the booth of all the drivers that have done that before. So that's going to be awesome to see. And fans are going to tune in to hear him watch the race. I think his opinion goes a long way. So what he's saying about what's happening in the race, he, um, fans are going to resonate with that. And probably he's still going to have a lot of sway among them when um, everything unfolds in the races.
0: No, I, I agree with what both you guys said. I mean, if, if he would just, you know, disappear from the sport, uh, that would that would be a, definitely a hit. But the fact that he is hanging around, he's going to be an integral part of, you know, the broadcast and still have a team and and do his media stuff. I mean, I think I think it is good. It's good for the sport. I and mean, he, he really is good at it. When he started doing those uh, those TV broadcasts, uh, aside from his clothing, which <laughs> up a little bit to be desired that. The Jack and the tie. Um, he did a great job. I thought he was really natural. Um, I thought he was very um, relatable and believable and, and genuine. So I think he's. I think he's going to do great.
1: Yeah, no question. I'll tell you who else is really, really good on the telecast. They're all all the drivers. I think have done a good job. But one of the guys I really, really like is Kevin Harvick because he's very factual and he gives you, you information you don't know. It's yeah. like, oh, I never knew that. Okay, yeah. good.
0: So, I, I well, think Harvick is, you know, Harbing's a, you know, student of the sport. He was, he's become a student of the sport really since he started. He's just, um, he, he's a, he's a guy, and he expresses himself well, and he's entertaining. I mean, he's got a good, good personality, good sense of humor. Uh, so he, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely. Uh, when when he's done driving, I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be in the broadcast booth.
1: Do you think we see Danica back? Not in the broadcast booth.
0: Daytona, um, at least. I yeah. yeah, she said Daytona, right? And the mm-hmm. and the uh, and the five hundred. Yeah.
1: The Indy right. five hundred,
0: right? Okay, and then what? I think that's it. That's yeah. it. But she really, she's got a lot of things going on. She's got like a TV show coming. She's got a, a couple of cookbooks. Um, I don't know. She's doing uh, the ninja she got, stuff with Ricky. I mean, she's she's a little busy, you know.
1: Oh, she's, she's very smartly built a brand for herself, which oh, yeah. is good, because she obviously saw a finite future in racing and wanted to have herself set up for life after racing, so good for her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and friends, you will have to excuse me. I'm battling a pretty bad cold, so you'll hear some strange noises beyond my usual grunting and grunting.
0: As I was gonna say, we hear strange noises from you anyway. This is really just a little uh, a little amplified. Um, you know, the, i got to tell you, somebody was asking me the other day about about Danica you know what did I think of her you know in the sport did she belong and you know what I mean it, it was a little um it was a little awkward I think at the beginning but to, to her credit she really did kind of get it there that you know the, the last two or three years I mean she uh I think she knew what the cars were doing she felt what the cars were doing um I, I don't think she did a bad job at all I think once she settled in you know a lot of the hype went away it, the, the cameras were on you know other cars that were running you know in, in the 20s but um i i think all in all she she really did okay
1: yeah i i would tend to agree with you I, I will tell you and this is not her fault at all but one of the things that disappoints me is you know she had a million young female fans, and and there wasn't a big crush of female drivers coming up through the ranks i mean there's a few in late models and Right and and so forth, but she she didn't suddenly open the floodgates to where we had three or four or five female drivers in, and I think that's too bad. And again, that's not, not her fault at all because she was a great role model for women in NASCAR. But I would have liked to have seen more step up. I agree. Okay. All right. All right next topic. I, disappointments i gotta tell you i I did some digging around and i'm a numbers guy i believe in numbers i like statistics chevrolet didn't win a race in the playoffs not one yeah as far as i know that's the first time that's ever happened they lost the manufacturer's championship to toyota for the second year in a row the last time chevrolet didn't win the manufacturer's championship Two years in a row was 1981, 1982, when they downsized the cars and their sister company, Buick, won it. The last time a non-GM company won the Manufacturers' Championship two years in a row was 1970 and 71 with Dodge and Plymouth. And and Mike, you and I were just, just boys there. We were just going through puberty back then, kind of like Jason is now. And hey. huh. just... You know, just just kids. It's been that long, and I really think, and we've talked about this before. I really think that that Stewart Haas moving over to Ford hurt Chevrolet a lot, maybe even more than it helped Ford. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I
0: I absolutely agree with that.
1: And the one thing that's kind of weird—it's Ford Championship Weekend every year at Homestead and they haven't won a driver championship since the first year of the Chase in 2004 or a manufacturer's title since 2002. I kind of figured they might get one or the other this year but it didn't
2: come to pass. Toyotas were just too strong. I wonder if this is uh Curbish, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Kurt Busch and yeah, I wonder if this is going to set up what toyota's because they've been dominant the last two seasons whether they're going to keep doing this and maybe turn into that new chevy that just wins that manufacturer's championship emerges as the top dogs for years to come or maybe chevy and ford step it up and it turns into this new competitive era where it, it could go either way but toyota two in a row they could i think i could see them turning into three four five six in a row going forward
1: that's that's optimistic because you got to remember they only have two teams and one of them's coming cutting back to a single car next year. But still, for for what they did this year with six cars compared to the size of the other teams, it's pretty impressive. Speaking of which, um, next year the Chevrolets will get a new car. They're going to have the Camaro ZL1. Hendrick Motorsports, which had its worst season in terms of victories since I think. 2004 We get a couple new drivers and William Byron and Alex Bowman. Eric Jones is going to Gibbs, Ryan Blaney's moving to Penske, where I believe he will make a serious run for the championship. Again, Menards going to the Wood brothers, Bubba Wallace to RPM, Eric Almorola to Stuart Haas. We got a lot of movement going on to be excited about for next year.
0: It is. It is a lot. I mean, uh, the, uh, the, the the Bowman uh, Byron thing I think is going to be really interesting. I think I mean I really think Alex Bowman is going to do well. I think Byron to do do okay too. But I, I think Bowman's really going to going to step it up and uh, and show what he's got. I think he's always been a talented race car driver. Really never been the best stuff. Uh, we saw what happened when he got into the eighty eight and sub for uh, for Dale Jr. I mean he was, uh,
1: he, he was he was fast. And I think yeah. uh I, I think he's going yeah, to well. almost won Phoenix in twenty sixteen. <sighs> Ran on the pole and, and had a good run. And I, I do believe William Byron's going to win a race next year. And do you know why that will be significant? Uh, first of all, I don't know why you think, but go ahead. Why would that be significant? That would be significant because he would become only the second driver in NASCAR history to win a pre- Premier Series race in the 24. No one other than huh. Jeff Gordon has done it. Chase Elliott had two good seasons, but he never won in the 24 in next year. He's in, and Byron's in the twenty-four.
0: You no, know, that will be a uh, monumental. I'm not so sure he'll win a race, though. I, I don't. I really don't think uh, that organization right now is is capable of. It. Although, you know, I think Bowman is going to do well, but it's all relative. I, I don't know that that organization, after seeing what they did this year, um, is going to be all that strong out of the box. Maybe with the new car it might help. I don't know.
1: We'll see. You know, you know, the Toyota teams were bad out of the box last year with a new car. They only won once in the first half of the season. And Gibbs didn't win any races in the first half of the season. And then they came on like gangbusters and crushed the field in the second half of the year. Yeah. Won, what, seven or eight Eight of the chase race, eight of the playoff races. And so we could see something like that with Hendrick, where it takes him a while to get used to a new car. And then once... Once they catch on, they explode. But they need the Chevrolet. Chevrolet needs another front line team. They need another championship caliber team with them, and and maybe that's Chip Ganassi's outfit. I mean, they had a good run this year, but they've always been Ganassi's outfit on the NASCAR side. To me, has always been a solid B, maybe a B plus tops. Where Hendrick at best was definitely an A team. Jason,
2: yeah. you there?
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you awake? Yeah. Oh, I, just I just woke, woke up. I want to make
2: sure I have lose you. Yeah. Okay. The, um, those five guys on the list are all young guys. And I think 2017 really pushed this big. It was sort of like the shifting of the guard. All these young guys coming in and having success like Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, they ran Eric Jones. They just ran really well this year. As a bunch of these stars are leaving, these new guys are coming in and it's interesting dynamic how it's unfolding. But, I think it's finally after years and years of hearing of the next generation of drivers they're coming in and starting to succeed and it's gonna I think 2017 was that transition year where we saw their success now going forward we're going to see these guys really take over and really they're not going to beat the Harvicks and Johnson's still but they're going to be very competitive so when those guys do hang it up they'll be right there top of their game filling that void
1: But here's the thing they got to win. Yeah. Jay Elliott, Eric Jones Ryan Blaney, among the three of them, had one victory last year. Right, and they had a number of great races and a bunch of second places. And Blaney made it to the final eight, and Chase made it to the final eight, and they did really well. But to really firmly establish themselves, they got to win. You just do.
0: Well, you know, Blaney, you know, Blaney winning, I think, was big. I'm really excited about Blaney being at Penske. I really am i think i think he's gonna really i think he's gonna explode i think he'll have two or three wins next year i really do um you know the whole the wood brothers deal was kind of a satellite you know penske operation but still you bring that in-house you know with with their people that look and that feel that synergy um that that just that that whole you know penske aura i think
1: i think that going to be on fire honestly yeah i do too like like i said earlier mike I really expect him to make a very serious run in the championship. Yeah, Not nice. that he didn't this year, but um, he, he he did very well in the playoffs for himself, I thought. He's he's a talent. And I think one of the things you're going to see in year three with him is he's going to make fewer mistakes than he made this year. Yeah, for sure. And I think he's going to have more consistency, more consistent cars with Penske. No disrespect to the Wood Brothers who had who had – A great season but um um you know they're they're just now sort of getting used to running every week again and so you saw a lot of team a lot of races the car would start out really fast and then they get way off and then they'd make an adjustment and then to come back some but i think blaney will not have as many wild swings as he did this year yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he, I think at uh,
0: yeah at Homestead, it was like, like he wasn't even in the field. I mean, he was just yeah. like absent, yeah. You know, which was uh, a little crazy. But yeah, you know, I tell you what, the whole Blaney thing for um for the Wood Brothers, I think was really good for them. It was good to see them, you know, gain some of that prominence back, and you know, see him in victory lane. It was uh, it was um it, it was good. It was good to see the little resurgence. Uh, you know, where it's going to go from from here now with uh. uh you know, with Menard, I, I don't know, but uh, but but it was good to see them, you know, back in the spotlight, so to speak.
1: Well, you know what? I talked to Eddie and Len late in the season, and they have confidence that Menard will do well. And the, you know, the the thing you always got to wonder is with the sponsorship money Menard brought in at RCR, how much of that was really going to Menard car, and how much was that being spread around all three cars which I'm not saying is right or wrong it just you know that happens if you got oh it happens all the time one big sponsor and a couple smaller sponsors the money tends to even out and with the Wood Brothers only having one car I think that will play to Menard's um, benefit because he's not going to have to worry about the effort being diluted for a second or a third car so I think he'll surprise some people I really do but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think so, too.
0: I mean, I, again, I think it's all, it's all relative. Um, but it'll it'll be interesting to see. And I, I know that Menard's money, is it's a big deal. It's a lot of money. So, you know, uh, congrats to the Wood Brothers for being able to score that. Uh, but I don't, I don't think, obviously, it's not going to be the same as with uh, with Blaney driving there. No, I think Blaney's one of the upcoming stars. I really do. Yeah, he's my new guy. That's, that's my guy. If Ken's just not going to run, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Blaney guy.
1: Well, plus he has a strong mullet game, and that counts. He really me. does. He, he really does.
0: He was yeah, talking a good
1: kid.
2: yesterday. He was worried Penske might make him cut it off as no, a like no, no, no. team rule, but he was say he was negotiating that in his contract. Yeah.
0: Well, what they're paying him, I you know, if they were paying me. What they're paying him, I'd, I'd cut my hair all day long.
1: <laughs> Do you have enough to cut still? I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. No.
0: You, you would if I had a mullet, you wouldn't know it. I used to have a mullet back in the day. I never went that way. I went. I, I kind of got. I, I got the Afro thing going though in high school. That was. That was. Uh, that was a great look.
1: Uh I'll bring uh, it back to be young and dumb again. I'm telling you.
0: Anything else? Uh, have takeaways from uh, from this year?
1: I think we're still going to see between now and the start of the year. I think we still might be in for some pr- some surprises in terms of rule changes or. You know, there, there's still a few situations that need to be resolved. Kurt Bush hasn't signed with Stuart Haas yet. Yeah. You know, I was reading an article today, I believe it was in Forbes or Fortune, that Monster has yet to re-sign for beyond 20, 2018. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. A lot can still happen. This is an ever-changing sport. And it, excuse me, and it moves very, very quickly. So, You never quite know what's going to happen. And with that, I think my voice is about shot. Not that it was very good to begin with. Gentlemen, as always, I thank you, and I will talk to you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.
0: Sounds like a plan. We uh, appreciate you tuning in and uh, putting up with us here for uh, 20-something minutes, whatever it is. Uh, We missed you last week. We're going to miss you next week, but we won't miss you the week after. So uh, make sure you tune in and check us out on Popularspeed.com. For Tom Jensen and Jason Schultz, I am Mike Kalinoff, and you are not.